Thriving in today's fast-paced world of change and disruption requires innovation. Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that explores the ins and outs of innovation with raw stories, real insights, and practical advice from the best and brightest in the world of startups and innovation. Each week, we'll bring you the latest ideas in lean startup, design thinking, corporate venture capital, and more. Now, let's get started. All right, Brian Ardinger, Josh Berry, Backstreet's back, back in the podcast studio for Inside Outside Innovation. Brian, you just found a phenomenal article. Yes, Can you uh, read that title? So it's in Wired Magazine today. Uh, Corporate innovation does not work, says Accenture. Uh, Accenture is a pretty big deal. So uh, 375,000 working in basically every country in the world. They're saying corporate innovation does not work? Yeah, basically uh, Accenture's Neri Singh, he was at the Wired 2016 forum, uh, came out and said that uh, many corporations are dying right now. Sure. Uh, and the things that they're throwing against the wall, whether it's accelerator programs or, uh, or corporate venture, for most of those large firms is just not uh, making an impact. What do you think about that? You know, I, I, as a blanket statement saying corporate innovation does not work, I don't buy it. I disregard <laughs> it. Um, but it comes back to the bigger question, which is what is innovation and what levels of innovation yes. are you actually talking about? If we go yes. back to McKinsey's work, which I don't know if Accenture would like us quoting McKinsey work, but uh, we'd go back to Horizon 1, 2, and 3, uh, levels of innovation as they talk about in the alchemy of growth. And when you're thinking about the further away from the core, the further you get to that Horizon 3 level of innovation, the less likely internal innovation efforts work. work. Mm -hmm. So... so in, in that side, I, I agree with it. And, and their hypothesis, or at least what they what they put forward in the article, is that uh, in place of corporate innovation, you need to do what? What did you see? Uh, basically, it's collaboration is the key. Sure. And it means, again, sessing out and trying to understand what other new innovations are coming from the outside of the marketplace that you can take advantage of uh, and buy at later stages. They use the example of, I think, I think it was uh, General Motors buying Cruise. Uh, for you know a billion dollars, and now they're in the self-driving car market, mm -hmm. um, rather than trying to do that all internally themselves, and and, and that is an excellent example of, of how you can maybe sometimes leapfrog, or um, you know Guy Kawasaki on stage last night or yesterday was talking about how difficult it is for corporations to jump to that next wave of innovation. If you think, and he was using the example of uh, ice companies back mm -hmm. in the day when uh, the ice farm where the job of the ice farm was to, you know, have a cold lake and cut it out and, <laughs> and, and make ice cubes. Yeah. And then the, then the refrigerator came along and the, and the old ice companies couldn't make the jump to re the refrigerator and the refrigerator companies couldn't make the jump to uh, next level, you know, into the refrigerators or, or whatever the next line of, you know, innovation was coming in the ice market. So Interesting. it's very difficult and you can, you know, industry after industry, whether it's uh, you know, cameras or whatever, it's difficult for existing corporations to jump to that next level of innovation. They oftentimes downplay it or sure. don't realize how um, disruptive that next line is going to be. And so one of the difficulties here is that the pace of disruption, the advancements in technology just keep getting faster, right? Yes. And so as that continues to get faster and you have corporations who are not moving at that same speed in terms of the change of adopting uh, everything from just better tools and practices and mindsets like Lean Startup to even just whole organizational structures that uh, really encumber things, right? Compensation and 
mm-hmm. and decision-making trees and all of those things that really encumber uh, sometimes innovation, uh, the pace of those things changing is nowhere near at the same trajectory as the pace of technology's advancements. Right. And so I think it's only going to get more and more imperative, and this is where I do agree with the Accenture article, that as we're thinking about that next wave of innovation and really the next jump into uh, of, of new businesses and new product lines, it probably makes sense to look outside for right. collaboration on that. The other thing I think is important to keep in mind is that you know, nobody really knows what's going to happen. I mean, disruption is disruption by nature. That's that's definition of disruption is you don't know necessarily what's going to happen. And if you don't know what's going to happen and you're working in this world of unknowns, the chances of you making the right bets internally with the resources that you have to make, you know, five shots on goal, 10 shots on goal versus looking outside to 37,000 new startups that have been created in the last year alone, you know, there's more opportunities that one of those 37,000 is going to come out as as an outlier versus the five that you're working on in your own internal lab. You know, we had Jitendra from Accenture uh, also. It's an Accenture type of week, I guess. Uh, on our podcast uh, that we recorded yesterday. And uh, one of the things that he brought up, uh, which I hadn't even thought about before, is this is almost a corporate play that you can also use other people's money in the development <laughs> and investment, uh, uh, the innovation process. Because if you think about right. it, if, if I've got a couple million dollars to work on this new product, or to your point about spreading risk and looking at five to ten things that are out there, if I can maybe tap into a number of other things that have other investments that are mm-hmm. put into them, uh, at an earlier stage, uh, again, it may not be the 100% ownership of what I have, but in terms of being able to de-risk something, see a lot of different views at it, and be able to leverage other people's time, money, and talent that have been put into it, uh, it starts to become a really interesting proposition. Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, thinking about corporations, it's, it's good to talk about it, like Accenture, it's good to put the things out there. What can companies start to do to actually engage with startups? Yeah, I mean, some of the mistakes or challenges I've seen from corporations that come to us or others, a lot of it is like, hey, we know we need to be innovative. We have no idea how to do it, so we're going to literally throw everything against the wall. We're going to try a hackathon. We're going to try this. We're going to try that um, without having a clear strategy around what you're trying to accomplish. How is that playing into your existing resources, uh, the existing competitive marketplace, et cetera? So I think part of it is, yes, you should do things so you can learn. And you should uh, experiment and, and kind of learn the lay of the land on, of how a lot of this stuff works. But at some point, you've got to um, make a stick in the ground and say, okay, here's how we're going to attack it. Or here's what our bets are sure. going to be placed. And be more systematic about how you're going about uh, the idea of innovation in general. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times when people are saying, oh, they're thinking about startup collaboration, what they're thinking about is M&A or investment, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And typically what we're talking about is steps before that. It might be something as broad as open innovation, where maybe you might be sharing IP or you might be mm-hmm. sharing resources. It might just be uh, figuring out how to uh, start relationships with the startups where uh, you might have services that they could use. Uh, it might be something deeper where maybe it's more a strategic channel or other types of partnerships where uh, you have the capital and the clients and the connections that they might like and they've got the expertise in town, so you figure out a way. Um, BMW has an interesting idea too, right? Yes, yeah, so BMW, they have, uh, rather than a traditional accelerator program where they're looking for companies to invest in, they, they look in at companies that go through their accelerator as customers. And the, the play there is to help them, the startups, quickly navigate uh, becoming a customer with BMW. So they're, they're co-collaborating on, a, on that customer's perspective, 
Uh, they're helping them become suppliers to their in their network and, and subsequently learning from them. In that sure. Sure. So if, if we go back to this idea of I'm a corporation, I've got some opportunities or problems that I want to tackle. Maybe I have internal capabilities that I can uh, put towards those, uh, but maybe I want to experiment with startup collaboration. You know, there, there's a couple different approaches I can take. Maybe it's just one-to-one. -one. I go out and find 10 to 15 potential startups or entrepreneurs who are working in that area and figure out which one I want to work with. I think one of the things that corporations kind of underestimate or don't really necessarily, uh, and this is quite frankly where the startups can get a lot of value, is corporations have a lot of problems that they know uh, that are out there in the marketplace. And, you know, I, I work with a lot of startups, obviously, as well, in Accelerator. And oftentimes, it's like people are working on problems that really aren't problems. Sure, sure. Uh, but if a startup or a team of talented folks in, that are entrepreneurial would be more deliberate at understanding what are the core problems that corporations are having in their mm -hmm. particular industry mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. using that as a way to filter the ideas um, f at, from the startup perspective, I sure. think they'll have a better chance of actually finding a product market fit in the long term as well. And so from the corporate perspective, you know, doing things like a jumpstart challenge where a reverse pitch where you're saying, here are some industry problems. We want to work with startups. Um, Here's some things that we would like to have solved. We know that there's a marketplace for some of this kind of stuff. And then having smart people and entrepreneurial-led uh, people tackle those types of problems may be an interesting way to uh, approach it as well. Absolutely. You know, those are very much the one-to-one -one or one-to-many approaches. Uh, I've been intrigued lately, Brian, you and I have been batting around this idea of kind of the many corporates, too many startups mm -hmm. idea, uh, many, M-A-N-Y, uh, in terms of what would it look like if you had a few different corporations who are coming together, maybe even focusing even more on a community focus, uh, to be able to say, look, we're extremely interested in innovation, not only for ourselves, but also for our community, and therefore, maybe there's some common problems we're working on that uh, if we were then to be able to work together on right. attracting and bringing in startups into our ecosystem, uh, we might be able to increase innovation there as well as to increase our community. Yeah. And I think that the, one of the stumbling blocks is potentially is like, you know, competitive corporations don't necessarily want to share that uh, sure. glory, but sometimes I think bringing a density of, uh, of ideas and people and talent, uh, even if you may have to share that uh, conversation, uh, sure. Maybe better at, at solving some solutions than trying to do it all by yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. So going back to the Accenture article, we agree corporate innovation is really hard. It's it's sometimes practically impossible if you're just trying to do it internally. Um, especially, I think they said in the article, for larger, more established, slower-moving companies, uh, you have so much further to go in terms of your transformation. Mm -hmm. And so rather than jumping on the bandwagon of creating a lab or getting in and doing some lean startup boot camps, uh, at the same time, because you do need to grow eventually, maybe you should start to look at the startup collaboration a little bit earlier on. Right. And, and again, I think the, the landscape has changed dramatically over the last five to ten years where uh, when you think about startups in general, the number of startups that are being created, the, the ability to go out and experiment and build things quickly and fast has never been easier for startups to kind of get up and going. Yeah. Um, so the, the ideas are out there and the opportunities to partner with those folks are probably more than have ever been out there before. Sure. Absolutely. Cool. We'll look forward to see uh, what uh, responses come to that article, as well as continuing to explore, find, and implement the best practices that we're finding of corporate and startup collaboration. Yep. Thanks. Hey, this might be a good time, also, Brian, to plug that we'll be down at South by Southwest oh, we will uh, be, next yes. spring. We actually have a panel that we're doing uh, as Econic 
featuring startup and corporate collaboration. The next wave of startup and corporate collaboration is actually a case study. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about uh, something happened in our own backyard, our own ecosystem with a, uh, a reverse pitch kind of competition where a corporation stepped up and said, here's one of our core issues that we're struggling with. A uh, startup was formed uh, through that particular process, and we're going to uh, kind of give a live case study on in a, in a panel at South by. So excited yeah. to uh, be there for that. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>